Well, it's time for a little bit of word. I don't have a note. I don't have a post-it note. I told Tommy yesterday, we was just talking on the phone. I asked me about titles. and Those guys wear me out. And I said, I was thinking... I've had it stirring in my heart. Let's talk about Christmas. And that was what I wanted to title this. Let's talk about Christmas. And because Tommy spoke like he spoke last night, sure enough, it changed. We still go talk about Christmas, but I've entitled this uh, a threefold Christmas. As if one Christmas isn't exciting enough. We get to experience a threefold Christmas. See, I don't know about you, but if, if you get one goodness from the spouse, imagine what two more on top of that would be. Right? Um, speaking of goodness... I ain't going to tell y'all who done it because I don't want you bugging them. But we went to a house last night and had dinner. I don't do spargus. Y'all know what spargus is. I don't, I don't do asparagus. I, I, don't do, I don't do any of that kind of stuff like that. Um, what's some other little round things? Brussels, no sir, no ma'am, no, mm-mm, don't, no, I'm out. Well, Debbie tells me, now you be nice because they made you asparagus. And I said, well, I'll be truthful. <laughs> you know, you be nice, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be truthful. And I ate asparagus last night. Wrapped in bruschetta and Swiss cheese. Lord Jesus. Balsamic. But I said, what? I thought I walked into another five star. <laughs> but uh, that was pretty good. That's, that's the goodness. That's the goodness of God. He always brings you new things in life unexpectedly. And then you take a bite of it, and the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, I tried it last night. It was good. But uh, don't be asking my wife either after service who it was, because I told them I was going to keep that little domain a secret, because I'll know where to go now to get some good five-star meals and enjoy myself. So if you've got your Bibles, let's look at this threefold Christmas. One verse comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 11. And it says, For unto you I mean, it was great that John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world. 
that he cared so much about the world that he would send his only son. And now here Luke is telling us, for unto you. To me, that's kind of personal. See, it's not as exciting when things are to the world. But when they become personalized and they're unto us, who cares if the world has a billion dollars? Doesn't do us any good. Or at least we don't think anyway. But what if that billion dollars was unto you? Jackpot. And Luke enters and says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior. Which is Christ. Lord. A threefold Christmas. A Savior. A Christ. And a Lord. You know, when he's talking about this child that's born to us, you really, unless you've already read the Bible, and we've heard the Christmas story preached and taught for some 2,000 plus years, you would think that somebody would get to an end and go, okay, I don't have a Christmas message. I just can't give it to you. There's nothing else left. I mean, we taught and we've preached and we've dissected. We've done it exegetically. We've done it homiletically. <laughs> We, we've done it any way that you can flip or turn the Scripture. We, we have poured this Scripture out so many different ways, there is no other way to turn it out. That's always been my fear. That's why I don't do a whole lot of holiday sermons. Because how much can you really dissect the story of Christmas to give somebody something afresh and anew? Well, I found out you can't, but he can. That's why you've got a threefold Christmas this morning. But he's talking about this child. Huh. What child? What are, what are you even talking about? I mean, these are, these are the angels that are talking to shepherds and telling them, hey, don't, don't, don't get all shook up today. A child is born. If I come in here this morning and told y'all that a child was born, y'all would look at me like you're looking at me now. Like I done lost my mind. But if I told you that unto you a child was born, uh-oh, there it comes. I love it, Miss Linda. I love it. I love it. Well, you always, man, look, I'm t confirmation. These old wretched phones, boy, ain't they something? They talk to you when you don't want them to talk, and then they don't work when you need them to work. 
But we talk about this child, man, if it was unto you, okay, now, now you just set up in your seat. Now, now you focused a little bit. You want to know, well, who was it that was pregnant? And, 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 what, and what you want to know it all. If it was under you. What child? Glad you asked. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53. As if y'all already knew that. As if you already knew that the scripture some 700 years prior would have described or put some emphasis on this child that we're talking about. This is the child, this is the child that they became excited enough about that they left where they were to go and spread the good news. This is the child. See, this one, when I say unto you is born. This day, a child. I want you to understand, who is this child that was born unto me? See, it's not going to be your nephew. Ain't going to be your grandson. <laughs> this is real close to home. This is a child born unto you. Who is this child? This child is one that would grow up as a tender plant. Isaiah says as a root out of dry ground, one that's unexpected, one that isn't in the environment that you would think that such a child would be born. This, this is the child that we're talking about. He has no form of comeliness. And when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. This isn't, this isn't the king. This isn't, this isn't a king that had been crowned that is wrapped in robes and is, is, is prancing down aisles and pointing his self. This isn't that king. This is a child that's born. There's nothing about him that would cause you to run to him because he says that there's no beauty that we should desire him. Can you imagine? He, Isaiah knows he's talking about the king of kings. He knows he's talking about Emmanuel, the son of God. He knows who this man is that the spirit of God is giving him this prophecy on who, who is this child and as we would all hope and think, have you ever been around a child that, I don't even like to say that they're less than perfect or imperfect or because all of them are perfect in God's sight, but have you ever been around a, a child that you're not accustomed, okay, there it is, that you're not accustomed of being around? 
that they, they may have some, some form of retardation or maybe Down syndrome or, or some of this other alternative stuff that some humans are born with that, that we call defects. Isn't it amazing that if you spend enough time around these children, that how you're drawn to these children and how, how these children will affect, if you've got any heart at all, how these children will affect your heart, how they will cause you to draw to them. See, this is the child that we're talking about. This is a child that's born, he's laying in a manger. He's not something spectacular that all men would come because not all that say, Lord, Lord, uh-oh. But there was this child. He's despised and rejected by men, yeah, even by you and I. Despised and rejected. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Isn't it awesome that we have one that would take on this form of mankind that he too would experience grief and sorrows and pain and disappointment and hurt and betrayal just so that he would not be one that we could not touch by the feelings of our infirmities. He's already been, he knows. Man, I'm glad that God sent me somebody that was going to be able to set me down and look at me and go, I already know, I've been there. This is how I did it. You ever been to a psychiatrist that ain't never, look, ain't never rolled a joint in their life and they're going to tell you how to break habits? Huh? Ain't never picked up a cigarette a day in their life. Oh, come on, some of y'all are psychiatrists and psychologists and you counselors, come on. We, we do it all the time telling people, you need to be quit smoking. You need to put that. Yes, you do. Come on. But if we do, if we ain't even been there and we're going to be so quick to tell someone that they need to put them down. Can I tell you, I smoked for about 20 years and I hated it when I give my heart to Christ, but I could not quit for about two years. Not because I didn't want to. And she'll tell you, I, let me tell you something. I wouldn't. And here, 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 became, here became my prayer. Here became my process. I would not talk to you about Jesus because I knew that you knew I smoked. God said, well, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> if, you, if, if you want to quit because you won't talk about me, I'm going to help you quit. And he'll take a taste right out your mouth. And he took it out when I had a cigarette in one, in, I had a cigarette in my mouth right after church, after singing praises to the Lord. Oh, see, religious can't handle that. But I was giving thanks to God that he would be so kind to save my soul. And after spending all day at church, sometimes I wish we just had a cot there. Boy, I'd have caught up on some sleep. After spending all day at church, we decided we're going to stop and get a grill. We stopped. We got one. We put it in the garage. We go get dressed, and we come out, and Debbie decided she was going to be Miss Handywoman, 
and help me. I love her. But we're out putting this grill together, and I've got a cigarette in my mouth. And I reached in my pocket and pulled another cigarette out the pack. Oh, it don't stop. I went to put it in my mouth so I could light it. And it was at that very instant. And she'll witness it. I put a, put a cigarette out. Put the other cigarette in the pack. Rolled the pack. Threw that in the lighter in the trash. And didn't touch them again. God pulled the taste out of my mouth. And see, I'm not the critical ones. You smoke, I stand beside you, you smoking, it ain't going to bother me. It don't bother me at all. It didn't bother me, man. People at work still smoking because I was in the car business. Lord of mercy, y'all used to wreck my nerves when y'all come and bought cars. I'd be smoking two packs a day. And everybody around me smoking and I'm, I'm just as free as a bird, happy. Because he took it from me. And they said, now I took it from you here. And that, now look, you got to be careful what you pray for. You better be careful. He'll put you over in Asia somewhere. You'll be preaching. This man, child, I ain't lost my place. It was because he has already been there. I ain't saying that Jesus smoked. I'm just, I don't know if he did or not. If it ain't written, I don't know. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely, he's borne our griefs. Now, pay attention. He's borne our griefs, and he carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God. We, we said it was God that killed him. It wasn't because of what he went through that caused everything that happened to him. It was what we went through. It's what we done. It's what we caused. It was because of our sin. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. He was, and we, and we, and we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned, everyone, to his own way. We're talking about this child. I want you to understand this child that came and everything that this child took on was because of you. It was because of what you sinned. It was because of what you said. It was because of what you done. It was because of what you carried. It had nothing to do with him. But yet he decided in his grace and his mercy and his compassion that he 
would come down from glory and that he would deliver a people that would call and believe on his name. This child, this is the child that was born unto you. Too many times we think we are justified by what we, you, you're not justified because you come to church this morning. You're not justified because you read your Bible 12 days this week. I said 12 days on purpose. Don't want you falling asleep. You're not justified because you're a member of one church. You're not justified because you walked up to the front and you paid a tithe and an offering unto God. You're not justified because you stood and you worshiped God. You're not justified because you can pray eloquently. You're not justified because of what you wear. You're not justified because you don't smoke or because you don't drink or because you're not a whoremonger. You're not justified by any merit of your own. This child, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as sheep before his shears. Silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. It's Bible, just hang on. I know you're not used to me reading this much scripture. Just hold on. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet he pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. In other words, when he dies on the cross, he will die on the cross with the joy that has been set before him. His seed, you and I, the beloved, the ones that have been accepted And he shall prolong his days. Rather, he shall resurrect. <laughs> Don't you know if he was still in the grave, he wouldn't be any better than Buddha? Confucius? He would be like all the other masters that are dead. But yet, he lives. See, he prolonged his days. And he done it for you and I. If he would have never risen, none of this could happen. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant 
shall justify many. There it is, justify many. He justified you and I. It's because of him that we are justified in Christ. In Christ we're justified. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sins of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. That's the child. There's no better explanation of who this child is than Isaiah 53. He says it all. He tells us exactly who this child is, exactly what this child will do, what he will go through, and what we, in return, receive. So Jesus just wasn't our salvation, although that Christmas is a time to celebrate our salvation because that is what Christ came for, was come to save the world. But don't you know, I preached a sermon on this, the dawning of salvation, because it's just the beginning, baby. When you are accepted into the beloved, it's not just salvation. Now you have a purpose in life. Now you're able to walk along and do something. He said, unto you this day a child is born. Let's start with it like this. A Savior. A Savior. Aren't you glad that we wasn't just looking for information or we wasn't in need for information because then he would have sent us a philosopher. But instead, he seen a people <laughs> so marred, so disgusting that he even called the best of our righteousnesses filthy rags. He said, you can't do this without me. I've got to do something. I see a need in the world for a child. And this child is your Savior. Through the birth of Christ, the Savior, we are now accepted. We're accepted. Not because of anything that you do, but because Christ died for you, you have now been accepted. The Bible puts it like this, that we are adopted into the beloved. We are accepted as a child of the king. We are accepted. We are part of a family now, a family that we, weren't, that we were not a part of prior See, you don't just get to walk into royalty and have a seat needed at the table. 
you first have to be accepted. He sent a Savior. Our salvation. Yeshua. Well, he used to just, man, he would prick the religious people. Every time he would say, I am, boy, it would make their blood curl. Because they knew he was saying, I am God. I am the door. I'm the way. I am the truth. I am. You can't unless you come through. I am. Boy, that just made the religious crowd, they just got crazy. I bet you they went and got drunk. He, he drove them to drinking. They probably already were. A Savior. This child was a Savior. One that would allow us to be accepted. If it wasn't for him, you'd still be messed up. You'd still be lost. You'd have no hope. But it's the Savior. And in him, this child, the Bible calls him Christ. Now we don't, we're just not accepted now. As Christ, we have access. You've got access to the Father now. Because no one comes unto the Father except by, you, you've got access now. Now, now you can walk in, but hey, now understand something. You can't walk up to God just any old way you think you can. You, be, I'm, you better wash your hands and clean your heart. And the Bible readers, you know what I'm talking about? You better wash your hands and clean your heart. Because those are the only people that can come to the mountain. Those with clean hands and a pure heart. That's it. You better wash your hands and clean your heart. You better make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you to purify you. Don't you know that you just can't... Now, I know you, I know you have a friend. You know people. I know you know people. But don't you know you can't gain access to the President of the United States unless someone is giving you that access. And that's a mortal man. How do you approach God? Oh, are you that bold? You just walk right on in. Any old way you want to, dragging your baggage to. Come on, we've all done it. We've all done it. Been a drunkard puking to the porcelain God. God, if you just give me out of this one more time. Who said you got the right? Only Jesus makes that available. 
So now you gain access to the Father. That's awesome. So now I get to come in and I get to sit with him. I get to talk with him and enjoy his company. Have y'all invited him by? I know it's Christmas and your house is probably hectic and dirty. You might want to clean it up a little bit. Invite him by. Let him come and see your tree. I've got access because of this child that was born unto me. (laughs) Me. He was born unto me. He calls me to be accepted. He allows and grants me access to the Father. And the scripture goes on and it says, Lord. (laughs) He's Lord. See, with this child, after we have been accepted and we have gained access now, Now we get the opportunity to walk in authority. See, if you don't know why this child died for you or who this child even was, you'll walk around, yeah, you've been accepted, great. You've got access now. You can even say the Lord's Prayer. But do you have? No. You've got it. Do you operate in it? When's the last time you went and looked in the mirror when you were sick and just flat rebuked it? When's the last time you were struggling with something and you just flat said, I'm done. Take it up with him. Don't you know if you fight these battles, you're going to grow weary? Most cases, we lose the battles that we choose to fight. You better be careful. David asked God, God, do we we go now? He said, not until you hear the winds that sound like the hooves of horses blow across the trees. You better stop fight. You better stop looking for fights. You liable to jump up in the ring with somebody that's been training for you and you ain't been training for them. But your authority comes by the relationship, by the access that you've got. You got to know the Father. So you get accepted into the blood because of this child. You gain access to the Father because of this child. And it just so happens you get to walk in authority because of this child. How many of you are fighting? How many of you struggle? How many of you are tired?
Have you used your authority? Well, I don't know what to do. You're not spending time with daddy then. You've got access. You've been accepted. Why do you think Jesus was so powerful when he walked in his ministry? He said that he didn't do anything the Father hasn't already done, and he didn't speak anything the Father hasn't spoken. How did he know this? He spent time with him. See, he spent 12 and 13 hours to do one miracle. We spend one minute to do 12 or 13 miracles. Because we so bad, that's how we got it now, right? Because we, we got the altar catchers, the, what, what do they call them? Courtesy floppers. Courtesy catchers. They stand behind you now and try to hold on to you just so you don't hurt yourself because they know, they know you lying. They know you stand up there, you lying. You ain't even felt the Spirit of God yet and you falling out on the floor. And you get up and your back's killing you. And you go, what did I do? You fell on the floor. We don't understand it. We don't understand because I ain't, I ain't got to touch you. See, if you ain't never dropped when somebody ain't touched you, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you ain't ever been thrown across the altar, ain't nobody there to catch you, and you're told later that you've been laughing about it. Not knowing where you were. Done. Wasted. Gone. Ain't have a clue. Everybody else nervous, except you. You have an authority that you get to walk in because of this child that was born unto you. You have a Savior. From a child? I mean, God is God. Why didn't he just step out of heaven and poof? All right, you go, you go, you, and just start striking people down. Instead, he chose a child. Chose a child to deliver a world. I mean, I guess that goes back to my Favorite scripture that everything starts with a seed. Because the Bible even said that Jesus, the God child, the man child, that he grew in favor and stature with men and with God. The man child. He grew in favor with God. God sent him. God sent him. And the Bible said he still grew in favor. How how much more favor can you be to be the son of God? 
God had to show us. I'll know everything you've gone through. I know what it is to make yourself get up and go preach. I know what that is. I know what it is. I know what it is to get up and make yourself go to church. I know what it is. I've been there. I know what it is to fall down and hurt. I know what it, I know what it is to be betrayed. I know what it is to be beaten. I know what it is to die to myself. I, I, I know. I know. That's why I was sent. Boy, if the church would operate in the threefold Christmas instead of the onefold Christmas, I wonder how much more the gates of hell cannot prevail. You want to know why we're having issues in the church as a whole? We just operate in our salvation. We got our get out of hell free card. That's as far as we want to take it, man. God, if, I, if I've got to do any more than what I'm doing right now, I mean, I'm not, I can't, it just, I, I'm, it'll stop me going out. It'll stop me, I was told this the other day. Yesterday, yesterday. I watched other people get in trouble, and in order for me to stay out of trouble, I had to stay by myself. I had to separate. Boy, that was maturity in a, in a, in a place that probably had no, had no mind right then, right then and there about the maturity level at that point. That's what a lot of us ought to do. If you know you can get in trouble hanging out and doing stuff with somebody, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you ought to separate yourself. The Bible says that we need to come away from them. He's, he ain't talking about coming away from my brothers and sisters. That's what makes me mad because people use that. God never intended Christians to separate, ever. You, can't, you cannot show me. He said, come away from the world. Separate yourself from them. Don't y'all know there's a them and an us? He told his disciples, I speak to them in parables. Because it's not for them to know what you know. There's a them and an us. There's a world in the church. We just ain't figured it out yet. We don't know which one's which. We're still trying to find that, I think. Because you go to church, you find the world. You go in the world, sometimes you find the church. You find the drunk on the corner preaching. Come on. Y'all ain't never heard that? Y'all ain't been on the street. So you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't been on the street if you haven't had a witch try to quote Scripture to you. You think, you think Satan won't turn scripture on you? Come on. You have a threefold Christmas that you get to live out now. Because you can't go to him and say, I didn't know nothing about that, Daddy. Yes, you do. You've been accepted, you have access, and you have authority. All from one child. That we celebrate on December 25th, for whatever the reason. And we call it Christmas. Doesn't matter what day we celebrate him. I don't care when he was born. I just care that he was born. The rest of it doesn't matter. You can celebrate him in September. You can do it on Saturday. I, I don't care. 
I just care that you do it. Wasn't a Christmas message you wanted. That's what happens when I don't have notes to keep me on track. Sorry. Not sorry. So this Christmas, just know it's a little bit more. I'm happy that you're saved. I'm happy that you're going to heaven. I just want you to get up there and be able to throw crowns at his feet. Well, you can't throw crowns at his feet if you don't take authority here. What, what can you take him that he ain't already give you? Hey, I'm saved. Well, whoopee, he done it for you. What else you got? That's my Christmas gift to you. Walk in authority. Understand that you have access and know that you've been accepted. And it's because of this child that was born unto you in the city of David. He done it for me and you. It's not a good altar call service, is it? But I, I don't want to leave without you recognizing where do you stand with him? Have you accepted him? In the light in which he was given to us? As Savior? As Christ? As Lord? total package. Maybe that's what I should have named this thing. <laughs>